Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. What does that mean for you, the listener out there? If you happen to stumble upon this awesome podcast, or as I like to call my corner of the internet, well, this means that you can apply these practices that we've talked about in every single episode uh, to your business, whether it be sourcing logistics to marketing and advertising and selling on Amazon to selling uh, direct to consumer, whatever that looks like as an e-commerce and Amazon business, we're going to have applicable information to you for you every single episode. This is episode 223. So I'm really excited to get in the nitty gritty with our guest today. But before we get started, as every episode is, is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Who's Ping Pong Payments? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is a uh, Ping Pong is a cross-border payment solution and growth partner helping people save more time, money, and effort. Whether it's paying out your suppliers or manufacturers, maybe you have a VA that you're onboarding this year and you need to pay them out in localized currency so that they can get their funds quicker and scale quicker. Maybe you're uh, paying out a manufacturer in a different country this year. How are you negotiating and saving money and putting it towards your bottom line? Ping Pong Payments can help you. Just sign up for free by going to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast to check out all of our past episodes, but also to sign up for free today. Just make sure you mention Ping Pong Payments sent, or Crossover Commerce sent to you, Ping Pong Payments, when you sign up. Um, thank you, Ping Pong Payments. With that being said, again, this is episode 223. If you're new to the podcast, again, welcome for joining in and watching live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter. Or if you're listening to us later on, this could be on your favorite podcast destination. You might listen to us at two times speed or four times speed, whatever your heart desires. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us and subscribing to our podcast. Um, these episodes will go on later live uh, on the audio version, but on the video version, if you have questions for myself or our guests, you can just put them in the comment section below. Ask your questions, ask your thoughts if it's a personal um, thought or if it's a uh, question or if we ask the audience, you're more than welcome to put those in. We'll throw them up on the screen and get those questions answered. That being said, want to go ahead and jump in with our one of our amazing guests today. I talked with him last week, just kind of get to get the background on him. His name is Joe Zalta. He is the co-founder and co-CEO, co-operator of Riverbend Consulting, which is a, just a fantastic company that I've been lucky enough to talk with uh, Leslie uh, from the team. I'm talking with a lot of their partnership people behind the scenes. They're just helping lots of Amazon sellers basically navigate the waters of the the torrential, uh, the ups and downs of Amazon, right? If you get suspended and whatnot. But uh, Joe's a seller, and I'll let him talk about his background. But I'm really excited to have him on today as an Amazon seller, but also as an agency and service provider coming to us from New Jersey, if I remember correctly, Joe Zalta of Riverbend Consulting. Joe, thank you for hopping on Crossover Commerce today. Hey, Ryan. What's up, man? Great to be here. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome to have you here, too. I'm uh, I'm super excited. We, we chatted, at, what was it, Friday already? Uh, gosh. It feels like a week ago. But it yeah, does feel like a week Friday. ago. I know, yeah. but yeah, we, were, we just chatted, and I loved your background and just getting to understand and know you a little bit more. I've I've heard about you from obviously Leslie and Brianna and all the all the team there, but you were the man, the myth, the legend. It seems like at the at the team there, so it's awesome to have you on here. Uh, no, it's it's really an honor to be on here. I've I've tuned in a, a bunch of times to your podcast. I think it's great, um, and you have great guests. So uh, I'm I'm just honored to be in good company. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm lucky. A lot of people say yes. That that's I, there's no payment or anything like that. I'm just lucky people say yes to taking an hour of their time out of their busy schedule. But speaking of busy schedule, walk me through and for everyone who's tuning in live or listening, if they don't know you, they should. But what's kind of that background and how are we where we are today uh, talking? So that's a great question. Uh, I actually love talking about this story because it's how, uh, like you said, how we got here today. So uh, I started selling on Amazon six or seven years ago. At this point, I lose track. It's just such a blur. Uh, but just like everyone else had my ups and downs and learning curves and things like that. And um, how really all this got started is I was a seller. I got suspended and I could not get my account up. And it took me two or three months of just beating my head against the wall, trying to figure out what seller performance wanted from me. Uh, they were holding my money and my inventory, as everyone uh, who ever got suspended knows. And you feel powerless. 
And that's when I was actually introduced to uh, who's my partner now, Leslie Hensel. And she, you know, had a quick conversation with me, said, I think I could take care of this for you. Um, and I said, sure, go give it a try. I mean, I know my business pretty well and I've been writing appeals every day for two months. But if you think you can do this, go right ahead. <laughs> and uh, she did. And then two days later, my account was up. And uh, as you can tell, I was very intrigued by her and her skill set. And uh, fast forward a few years, we partnered. We uh, put together an amazing, amazing team of very bright, uh, very, very, um, what's the right word? Um, driven people on our, on our team like to that. help sellers, uh, both on the sales side, uh, on the consultant side, on the analyst side. Uh, we really have an amazing team of ex-Amazon people. Uh, and third-party consultants, third-party sellers that have experience. So we really just kind of cover the gamut, in my opinion, of of uh, understanding sellers, understanding Amazon, and kind of bridging that gap. Uh, like so, the great, yeah, like the great Liam Neeson says, you you have a unique set of skills. <laughs> you utilize them to uh, to you know take advantage of or help people out in that regard. So it's it's very cool. We were talking about this Friday. I like how you positioned it too. You don't see yourself as an agency, like a, like a, an advertising agency where we might do PPC or um, account management or anything of that. You have, again, unique set of skills where you only want to be the the depth agency or the service instead of the breadth one, like how, do everything. So can you talk a little bit on that, why you guys decided that? Yeah, sure. Um, Leslie and I have always been pretty aligned with that and, and we've really decided to kind of um just be the best in this particular right and like you said this particular skill set um with the wave of amazon sellers coming on over the last two three years especially during covid and you know all the things that are going on in the world there's just going to be more and more online sellers and we just realized that there's always going to be a need for someone that can help navigate amazon whether you're a billion dollar seller or a seller that started yesterday there are crazy things happening to us all the time as sellers, and we really need someone to go to. So we just felt we could continue to build a really strong team around that with all different types of skill sets and experiences. And um, that's really who we want to be. I was going to say, there, there's only, um, there's so many, uh, at, at Ping Pong, we have over a million customers worldwide, which I always tell people, it's, just, it's crazy to think about. I think the numbers reached as high as 7 million sellers at any juncture does it does that does that scare you and think holy cow we are only serving i say scare you does it make things look a lot bigger when you start to think the possibilities of servicing even 10 percent of that or even 20 percent of that something that doesn't seem so big in the minds of people when you talk about percentages but there's a lot of sellers out there in the world not just in the united states but around the world does that scare you does that excite you what what does that was that bring forth for you I think if anything, it motivates me. Uh, definitely gets me up in the morning realizing that we're servicing you know, a few thousand clients and there's millions and millions out there, as Trump would say, millions and millions. and mil So there's a ton of people that still don't know us and uh, they, they, I hope they, they don't need to know us. I hope we don't, you know, they don't get suspended. But if they do, I hope they know that we're the, the, you know, the people that could really help them. Absolutely. Well, so you're dividing yourself uh, between as a service, but also as a, as a seller. So do you, are you open and honest, like with the industry that you're in, like you, you come from a background in wholesaling, you said fashion, correct? Am I mistaken or is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I was in fashion merchandising and manufacturing for 10 years. So from right around the time I was 21, okay. uh, till right after, you know, my early thirties, I was hardcore in the, uh, the wholesale mix. Yeah. Okay. So fashion, fashion is a big passion of yours. This is kind of maybe a, a, hopefully not a nasty question. Does it hurt you to think that lots of different brands, when they're talking about acquiring, they always say the categories, we do not entertain either supplements, fashion, or <laughs> some dot, 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 dot. Uh, does that hurt you to think that people don't want to take on fashion because it's such a hard and changing ecosystem to live in. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that. Does it hurt me? No. I mean, I <laughs> totally understand it. I mean, I sell, you know, I sell a lot of clothing and fashion and things like that. Um, but what we've always been able to do is we've been able to find like evergreen items, even though they're fashion. So kind of fashion basics. That was always the area I was in uh, when I was in wholesale as well. Like accessories so, or things like that. Is that what you would call a, a, a like um, an evergreen? What would an evergreen fashion uh, piece look like? 
Evergreen is something that sells all year round. That's not right. super seasonal or not super themed. Okay. So, or not super trend. So okay. things that are, you know, everyday buys for men or for women or for kids, things like that. Is it, is it interesting to see how that's evolved over, gosh, just in the, in the time you've been selling on Amazon, I feel like fashion especially has taken this giant leap forward on the D to C side, but also just in the e-commerce world of Amazon in itself. Well, we'll start from Amazon. They they're opening the first retail store. I think it's mm -hmm. Amazon style if yeah. I'm not correct, uh, or if I'm not mistaken, and you can order through a smart pad, you can order the size that's in its warehouse, it delivers it to your, to your dressing room. And there it is, but there's no, there's only one sample out there. And that you can look at and you're like, Oh, that looks good. Maybe I'll try it in my size. And that's what it is. Is that that evolution to, I don't know, you can sell literally anything in the fashion world. And I get ads all the time on Instagram. It's, it's crazy. Um, and certain, it's, you have subscription boxes, you have all these kinds of things. Is it crazy to think how it's evolved into this giant ecosystem? It's unbelievable. I, I can tell you from the time that I started doing online business seven years ago, um, that was part of the reason why I left wholesale because I was only selling retailers, uh, whether they be big, big box or, um, you know, mom and pop stores and things like that. And I saw things shifting, right? I, I saw things changing. Uh, we definitely went through some interesting stages. The, um, the, the, the curated style boxes was a big thing at one point, right? The subscription boxes, like um, what, are, what are some of them? Threadbeast and, and uh, Stitch Fix and Stitch all those Fix, yep. There was some really cool, and I love them. I always tried all of them. I wanted to test them out. Um, there's obviously this, this huge wave of D2C brands, some of them super successful, uh, right? Viore is one, um, Allbirds. Some of these guys really, um, you know, just hit a home run with it. Um, and now you can even see it on Amazon. Uh, you know, the, the, the overseas sellers are doing a great job of stocking everything and having newness. Um, obviously, the, the whole Sheen thing is going, uh, you know, that's going on is, is huge. I know my wife gets like a Sheen box every day. Uh, and I'm like, honey, you know, I sell fashion on Amazon. <laughs> like, I don't care. I like Sheen better. I'm like, come on. But, um, you know, it's, it's just an amazing evolution, like you said. Uh, and it's, I don't think it's going anywhere but, but up. I mean, that's, that's where we're going. So yeah, She'll say, talk to me when you're on Sheen, honey. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll go from there. Well, that, that, that's the fascinating thing. So are you still in – so you as a seller, going back to my original point, mm -hmm. you are still currently selling your, your expertise has come in this past years. Have you stayed in the category – I don't know if you publicly share the category you're in or not, but – have you stayed in the same category for that whole entire time or have you like pivoted and done different categories? I've stayed in the category. I'm, and you can kind of tell the way we are even at Riverbend. We just like to be the best at the things that we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's been tons of opportunities, um, you know, flown by me over the years in different categories. But I've stayed pretty, pretty consistent with what I like to do uh, and where my expertise is. So so if I had to guess, if, if you were in the category I'm assuming you are in, it's one of the most difficult ones to be successful and, and, and be differentiated and, and kind of stay on top of things. What was, has it, how is it like for you to juggle such a seller's schedule, but then also a service provider unique schedule like that when it's talking and helping with customers and helping them navigate through the waters as well, balancing the time between the two, because I know some people are really good at it. I'm curious, from your perspective, if it's easy to balance or if it's difficult or you don't balance it and you're open and honest about that, what's it like for you? So first off, I think it's a huge, honestly, it's a blessing um, for our whole team, really, because um, as a seller, things happen to me and my and our business very early on, right? If there's an issue or something that comes up, we let our team know. We let the Riverbend River team know. Most of the time, the Riverbend team, because of the reach of clients that they have, they're always seeing things first, right? Um, but I think a, a big part of, uh, of what Riverbend is about is understanding uh, the seller's perspective, right? When they do have a problem or how they have a problem or how quickly they want a response. That is all really stemming from how Leslie and I originally built the company, which was in the mindset of a seller, right? The sense of urgency, the amount of, you know, the quick response time, um, just sharing that care for the seller is has always been there and that's something that we really uh stress on every like quarterly call um and to all of our managers that we never want to lose that right that's the most important thing for us 
uh, that the sellers that we work with fully understand that we get what they're going through and that it's the top of our priority to get those issues solved for them. Um, when it comes to kind of splitting time, uh, I think I'm pretty good with it. Uh, obviously, it could always be better. I'm reading constantly on how to uh, divide my time, but uh, kind of prioritizing and um, you know setting scheduled meetings and things like that are, are always great. But I can't say enough about my team. Um, have really amazing people on both ends. Uh, the, the, my partner in my, uh, my Amazon business started around five years ago with me, and he's taken on a ton of responsibility, and we've been able to build some people up from within that they're handling a lot of, a uh, lot of main, you know, main important issues. Um, and the same with Riverbend. I mean, we have some amazing people that I, again, I, I consider them family. So, you know, it's, I'm sure you've heard this. It's all about the people that you work with. Well, yeah. I mean, you work with them, you hopefully you like that. Hopefully there's a, there's a, a mutual like respect for everyone again you don't have to like everyone you work with but i think it definitely helps in that regards but the respect factor of if they know what they're talking about and i personally think if you position yourself to not be the smartest person in the room as a as a leader position i think you've done your job because you can learn from them like you said and grow and and, and really elevate your surroundings and, and make sure that everyone else is continuously learning as well i think that's a really cool factor that i mean that's so cool to hear that from your perspective is it so I maybe Joe, from that perspective, what what's it like as as we called our title today in our episode, driving sales and converting traffic on Amazon. So you've seen a lot of this kind of pivoting as a seller over the last, you know, you said five, six, seven years of being in the space. What is it like being able to be around that long, kind of have a pulse on the industry as a seller? and really see that evolution. What's the biggest thing that has changed in that time since you first started to when we're talking on this very moment, the last day of February, what, mm -hmm. what's the biggest thing for you, you think? So I think the biggest thing has probably been the, the amount of, um, the amount of, uh, of, of work that you could put into one particular listing. I think six, seven, eight years ago, or, you know, around when I started, it was really just, just whatever you can get up there. There was just very little competition, right? Um, people were, were doing a lot of different tricks with like different brand names and bundling and things like that. And there really wasn't a huge focus on like making your listing amazing or branding yourself, right? And I think that's come such a long way in the last few years uh, with obviously the addition of brand registry and then brand registry 2.0, the A plus content, the videos, uh, the on model shots, uh, and then all the different types of advertising with, you know, a brand registry, that's been huge. Uh, really kind of telling your brand story has been, to me, the biggest evolution uh, of what's been going on. And I mean, especially, you know, as a, as a seller that does clothing, right, that has so many different variations, colors and sizes, uh, keeping that level of importance for everything that you do can really get lost. At some point, you almost want to just say, oh, just just get it up there. One picture is enough or one size scale is enough. It's not. Uh, it's so important to communicate with the customer the right way because you really only have that one chance, whether it be an ad or them seeing you, uh, you know, organically with the right search term. You don't want to lose that customer. Right. It's all about conversion. Everyone for years have been trying to figure out what the uh, A9 algorithm is and why your item is ranked over someone else's. At the end of the day, the short of it is conversion. Amazon's not stupid. If you convert, they want to put you higher. So putting that love and care and understanding of what a customer wants to see is the absolute most important thing. Obviously, your price has to be great. Quality has to be great. All that's a given. Uh, supply chain, you can't run out of stock. That's Everybody knows that. But giving the, the love and care to your listing to make sure that that customer doesn't leave the page, that's the key. Right. Well, a lot of people, in the like you said, though, we call it the Wild West days, and we're even talking about this on the Seven Figure Seller Summit this week. That's going on right after this, believe it or not, uh, with Gary Wong. He called it the Wild West yeah. of Amazon. Still, it, it's fascinating because you mentioned um, ranking products. Of the the number one thing that Amazon always saw when back when I was with uh, launch companies like Viral Launch and, and whatnot, everyone was always looking at conversions, and that was always the, the keystone of even though you're converting, no matter how you convert, that's always 
going to outrank everything else. You have to, if you're on page one and it's estimated that they're doing 35, uh, the top sellers, 35 units a day, you want to sell 37 at a consistent rate. Now you don't know if it's going to be for seven days or nine days or 10 days or uh, 14 days, but if the consistency is out performing, whatever is number one right now, Amazon will start to shift you up in that. But but I think it's changed over time. Amazon sees the importance of like where they're converting, the rate at which they're converting. If it's obviously if you're manipulating conversions, which is not against, which is now against uh, TOS, if it's anywhere below 100% uh, that you might initially be doing, it's at 80%. That's still a dock against you. So I'm curious from your perspective as a seller, what it, what is a maybe a launch, like what, what are, how are you driving those conversions initially launching new products or sizes or variations in order for Amazon to see you as viable, but not go against TOS. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, one of my hats is, uh, you know, overseeing and running a compliance company. So obviously I don't do it. <laughs> I would hope not. That would be a, yeah, that'd yeah. be a big, uh, intriguing, uh, this uh, choice, if you no, will. So, I mean, we, we really take a very, you know, uh, natural approach. I mean, we're, our job and, and what I think makes us special is our choice and our merchandising, so to speak, and knowing what's hot and what's not, what colors are, are important, what sizes are important. Um, you know, so so on our end, we're always trying to to kind of read the trends of search. Right. So if we do and if we do it correctly and if we launch it at the right time, which is also very important in, in clothing and in any seasonal uh, category, you really want to launch at the right time. So just for example, you wouldn't be launching cold weather product uh, in March. Right. If you're heading into the summer, you if you're doing bags or if you're doing back to school products, you're not going to be doing that uh, after back to school. So launching products at the right time is super important. Um, obviously because of all the search volume that's coming in at that time, right? And then more things are, Amazon's pushing those things up, right? They want people to see it because they know that's what customers are looking for. But that also goes back to supply chain. Um, over the last year and a half, everyone knows how difficult it's been to get product in at the right time. Uh, I can tell you just from a ton of the vendors that I work with, where it used to take them three months or four months, you know, um, now it's been taking them seven or eight. Uh, whether it's getting the fabric at the right price or getting the containers or even getting them out of the port and into a warehouse or getting it out of the warehouse to Amazon. I mean, there's so many challenges right now. All I tell people really is, um, you know, buffer as much as you can. Uh, make sure that you're projecting enough, uh, obviously not just enough, but projecting for growth. As we know, Amazon is only growing. And if you're doing better in your category, you have to project for your growth not just project, project to be uh, consistent with the year before. So a lot of those things are, are very important. Um, and then especially with launches, you really want to put your best foot forward. So I know a lot of times we have the option to launch something that's not complete, right? Like if mm. a few sizes don't come in or a few colors don't come in and we say, oh, should we just get it up there? We have already paid for it. No, right. do it the right way. You have to understand that you're going against a ton of competition, no matter what category you're in, and you need to come out strong. So setting up your ads properly, if it's by color or by size, and making sure you convert is very important. Uh, going after the uh, very uh, kind of trendy terms, whether it's a Father's Day, Mother's Day, uh, gift-giving season, summer, this, that, making sure that those keywords are in your titles and your bullet points and your back-end search, very important. and you got to wow them with your content. If they are going to see you, obviously you have to get there by either ads or, or a really low price, but they got to, the, the customer has to be drawn to your product and really want to try you, right? You know how it is. You, you launch a product, you don't have reviews. Mm -hmm. So you really have to wow them with, let me give this guy a shot. If you're, if, if it's your product and you're not saying that, then why would the customer say that, right? You have to really be honest with yourself. Is my product good enough? to hold that spot on the first page. Well, fashion in, in itself is everyone has even a different taste. You're not telling people how to use it or when to use it. People have their own kind of sense on what's going to be important. So I guess my that, that to you is it's going to be even more important to understand the buyer psychology of what's going to make them pull that trigger. It, it, in fashion, I would almost think that 
you would have to rely on some externalized sources, such as, like you said, ads and, and really have great photography showing people how to use it, whether it be like an accessory or like you said, uh, an evergreen product of why they should go with you instead of going down the street to a target or something like that and, and pulling off the shelf and buying it today. Um, but then on the flip side, I, I try to think like, what, what, what's changed? Are you, are you relying more on, like you said, ads, but is there a notion of like influencers or what would you consider yourself like the way that you're having to adapt with these new changes of launching and converting products on Amazon and utilizing externalized traffic? So, I mean, definitely doing, you know, outside traffic, whether it be Facebook or Google ads, very important. Um, if you can set aside a budget for it, sure. But kind of going back to understanding the customer, I think that's where, and it doesn't only have to be in fashion. It could be in any category. It could be in home. It could be in kitchen. It could be in anything. Understanding, you know, kind of what's out there, whether it be on forums, whether it be on um, publications, um, if there is a a very hot Instagram channel or something like that that people are following, you have to kind of understand where the market is going. Right. And you only have three, four months to do that. Right. You can't launch things within a day or two. It takes you can't have months. paralysis there's by analysis. Time. Exactly. Yeah. There's lead time. So you have to kind of be ahead of the curve. Um, I've always done a ton of research, especially in fashion clothing for European websites. Right. Uh, Europe, Europe is always a little bit of ahead, ahead of us in fashion. Uh, some of the high fashion brands usually set the trends for the next uh, the next level of fashion, right? Which is usually like big box or like Walmart's targets. So everything kind of goes that way. It's like that in any business. So you kind of have to know if there's a really high-end kitchen brand is or a high-end furniture brand, it's likely that the masses are going to start carrying that soon. So you have to do your research to know where you need to be within the two, three months that you're going to be able to launch your product. And then there's always search terms that, that become important that are not just everyday you know, generic terms that are a little bit more specific that if you can catch those, right, you can hit and you can convert. That makes sense. Is a, is a fashion industry, is that very traditional? Like, is that traditionally a high margins industry? Or is that super thin and razor thin in terms of uh, margins on a, on a item by item basis? Is it, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I haven't, haven't delved into that industry. I used to sell only in uh, home and garden. Uh, but I never went to fashion. I'm curious, are you working in a high margin industry or is it absolutely thin? Um, I would say it depends. On it, depends. Things. it depends. I mean, like we deal sometimes with um, with very like big or national brands. So obviously that can com command a higher uh, retail. Um, but I would say it's typical. It's a, it's a typical margin business, I would say, across all clothing. Okay. And I'm going to think like, because of trend, because this is the ultimate trendy space and category, which is probably why will we mentioned earlier in the episode, a lot of people ignore it because you have to stay up to date on trends. You have to forecast so far out. You have to have a pulse on even more. It's not evergreen. Um, in that regards, is it, is it just even more important to understand that when you're when you're buying something like how long how long is a life cycle for a, a unique product on amazon in the fashion space i'm curious is it is it way shorter or is it actually longer than people might expect it to last so so what's cool is that amazon um there's such a big market i mean it's not targeted to new york it's not targeted to la right you know if it was then we'd be screwed <laughs> because there'd be a, a a one week life cycle on that cycle and then people are past it uh, the cool part is, is that fashion takes time to cr travel across the country, right? Um, so there usually is, I call it a two-season play in some cases. It could be a full year or two years until you're fully out of it. And it usually doesn't fully die. Uh, it'll, it'll, have its, it'll have its, you know, residual um, at time that, that, it can, that it continue to sell. And then you could always update it with whether it be a new print or a new, um, you know, a new fashion element to it that makes it different or makes it exciting or makes it more modern. So, you know, it's always, like you said, it's ever changing. I mean, that, that's so cool and crazy because I think a lot of people don't think about one, once a product is actually in Amazon, there is an unforeseen life cycle that a product will have, unless it's an evergreen thing, like a kitchen utensil, like that 
probably will last quite a long time. You might have to tweak it and, and update materials or anything like that. But in terms of this industry, I can't imagine how long it would last. And you have to almost perfect the inventory management solution of once the trend is over, you should be dwindling down on that inventory and not have it last. So I'm curious in this regards, do you feel like you're at a kind of a disadvantage of timing wise, because it, it's kind of fluctuated all this, you probably had it on lock and you had some sort of SOP in place, but now it's kind of helped you guys sway so much. Has it become more difficult you think to forecast and to help, Hey, maybe we need to order it an extra five months earlier, kill it maybe an extra three months early so that we just don't have it sitting in warehouse accruing referral, um, storage fees and things like that. Has, has that gone to the process of you as a seller? So it definitely has. I mean, but I've been kind of dealing with that my whole career. So sure. like understanding it and managing it uh, properly is very important. Uh, we actually use a tool uh, that, which is, is kind of cool that Riverbend is going to be getting involved in um, with a partnership because I've been using it for, you know, X amount of years, love it, refer it to close friends and close clients. Uh, and now we're actually doing a partnership with them to be offering it to our whole, um, you know, our whole nice. uh, team, you know, and all of our sellers. Uh, it's something called AZ Seller Kit. It's it's a really yeah Jason Hanan and uh, yeah yeah Jason Hanan and uh, and Lenny Ash. I know those guys for years. I love them. They're right down the road for me. Them. They're the best. They're the best. Um, and they've built this amazing software that's actually really been able to help me with forecasting um, and really understanding as trends. Uh, happen and as trends pull away so you know every you have to know your business no matter what there's no there's no software that's ever going to replace you understanding your business but this is the closest thing that 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 there is because it really helps you identify the trends so uh, i'm very excited about it what about um i mean that's awesome i have jason on and he's spoken on the podcast before We've had, we've, I've seen AZ seller kit in person, like as an example, and I think it's really cool repricing any sort of opportunity to utilize data is super important in this industry. As long as it's accurate data, <laughs> don't make mm -hmm. up the data clearly. Um, as long as you can utilize data to help you piece together where trends continuously go, but also, you know, pricing structures and when to pull the trigger or bump up your prices in the terms of you might be running low on inventory bump it up a little bit so you can kind of like either suppress a little bit without losing your rank or, um, you know, capturing a little bit higher margins in the case that you do run out of stock. Um, that, that kind of goes to how, how do you build up rank and kind of lasting so quickly when it might only last a, a season or two? Is that that ongoing process that people might launch a product and it lasts for five years, obviously, because it's more of a product that lasts have a longer life cycle. You have a shorter window to, rank it quicker and then have it last in that short amount of time. Is there, is there a different strategy when you're driving sales and converting traffic than maybe another product might try to attribute? Yeah. You can say that you have to hit it hard early. Uh, right. I guess in some cases where you have, you know, an item that is evergreen, that's literally can sell for the next 10 years, 20 years, you have time, you could always build it and build it. But when it's fashion, you really got to hit it hard. Um, you got to hit the right terms. You have to really be at the top of the page. You don't want to be wasting ad spend or, you know, cheaping out on a, on a click. You want to be in front of people's faces and you want to be in front of their, their faces often, right? Yesterday. Especially yeah. when, yesterday. <laughs> and the cool thing about Amazon is that every single hour there's action, right? Every single minute there's action. So if you can, you know, we've, we've been able to rank products uh, within sometimes a few days even. Uh, to top 10,000, top 5,000, because if it's really the right item at the right time, like we said, going into a season as opposed to going out of a season, and if it's the right look, if there's a lot of search volume around it, it'll get the attention it deserves. So, yeah. yeah. So do, do you think the customer, I'm curious with you as well, um, I, I love it when people break down buyer psychology in different industries because I worked in the space where people are just really curious about deals and hunting and like, I want to get the lowest price possible, whatever, however that fictitiously gets you there of, I feel like I'm getting free shipping or I'm getting a discount or uh, an exclusive coupon code in the, in the, in the space that you're working in, how do you, how do you make people feel that they are, they're winning in that regards? Like they're getting 
it almost feels like a, there's a subset of people that feels like they're the ones that are getting the best, like high quality product at the lowest cost possible. But then also that they, they can maybe, you know, uh, that, that, that they won over you. Like they made a mistake. I'm going to win in that regards. Do you ever feel that mentality of people trying to game you or, uh, how do you work with that kind of customer? If you will, I'm curious. Um, Gaming? No, I mean, I, I, I not say gaming, yeah. but like more of a, I don't know, like they, they feel like they're going to wait until like either you throw that on discount or how, how do you make it more of a premium standard where they're willing to buy it at without a coupon or what that, whatever a discount, if you guys ever discount your closer products mm-hmm. or they, they might go like shop around and find it maybe a dollar cheaper on if you're selling in a different marketplace or, or mm. whatnot, do, does that make sense? How yeah, do you yeah, feel no, like I, it does? It does. You've premiumized your products. I, I think that's really where doing everything the right way comes into play, right? Uh, having the right size scale, making sure that your quality is a plus, um, and really just kind of having that customer trust and have that more of that like that brand loyalty factor. Where in the beginning it's hard, right? That first purchase. They're not sure they're waiting for, you know, a deal to come up or they're comparing you against other brands or other products. Uh, but really how you win is if you do get them to purchase, which we've spoken about that, having the amazing content, um, whether it be the videos there, all the fabric uh, content there to make sure that they know what they're getting and they're not bait and switched by any reason. Right. Um, once they get the product, they have to love it. And then after that, I'm a believer because, you know, obviously we all men buy clothes, women buy clothes, kids buy clothes, whatever it is, when they like something and it fits great and the quality's great and after they wash it, it looks good still. And, you know, they know it's the type of stuff that they like, they'll come back. I, I, I find it hard to believe that if they, if you do all those things right, they're only going to buy you when you're on sale, you know? So uh, that, that's, that's only, there's only so much you can control it from that. Because right. you, you have to train the customer on what to expect from the very get go, right? Mm-hmm. Of, you have to under, help them understand. That's why Yeti or other premium brands of, hey, we realize we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna we're expensive, but you're mm-hmm. gonna get what you, what you pay for of high quality premium materials, and we're not gonna go on sale. Like it, it's just things exactly. like that. Like you never see Rolex or this is probably a terrible comparison, but like you never see them have to advertise or put them on sale because you realize what it takes to buy a premium product. If you want to be known as a discounter store, then that's what your marketing is going to be geared towards and how you're going to discount your pricing and products and things like that. So with that, I, think, I think people yeah. confuse discounting and, and kind of like low price point stuff with quality that right. it doesn't have to be either or, right. You can still be in a lower price uh, uh, category, but you still have to have good quality, right? There's always, there's always different tiers within, um, you know, any category. Just if you're if you're going to be the lowest price, great. If you're willing to work on lower margin, right, to get more market share, fantastic. But if your quality is garbage, that's not going to last. It's just such right. a short, short, short term, um, you know, mindset. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, Joe, with working on Amazon in in the fashion space, as compared to, or as compared to retail, how is it how is it for you to navigate the return aspect of this goes to the importance of fit, size, how people feel in their clothing and why it's important to like make sure you have all options. Is the returns like free returns? I know Amazon had like you can return it within 30 days or anything along those lines. I think that's still the the policy. I could be wrong. Um, but with that regards, they have like a week or so. It was like with Amazon style. I forget what the policy was. If you can return it within that so long, is that an issue or how do you navigate that world? of returns and fit when they're watched looking at on a screen. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely certain categories in fashion that are much worse than others. I mean, shoes is like typically on just an e-commerce in general, one of the highest somewhere in the 20% range, I think is typical. Yeah. Um, especially women's shoes is, is even higher. Um, but in most of the categories that I'm in, um, we really try our best to give great size scales, um, show it on model, um, show it in a lifestyle image or like an infographic, just kind of explaining the fit, if it's slim, if it's not, and things like that. Um, I would say a typical return rate in the categories uh, in, in, in clothing or in fashion is anywhere between 6 and 8%. Um, you kind of have to just bake that in and, and know that's going to happen. 
right? Yeah. Um, but again, the better you can do up front, it's only going to limit your returns in the back end. So people don't take that seriously and they need to, right? Because do you really want to be dealing with a bunch of, you know, returned clothing or returned fashion products at the end of the season? It's worthless, right? So you got to do your best up front to make sure that the customer knows what they're getting. Yeah. Well, especially in the space too, I've, I've seen more that Amazon's putting more uh, forefront on eco-friendly, um, sustainable use of goods. Like this bag of material was made with like, upcycled materials and its certifications do you do you guys tap into that market or do you have any products that you've looked at and you say hey maybe this is a way to stand out even more because it's another filter on the side of amazon it's one of the top ones if if it's an eco-friendly pledge or anything along those lines i would assume that a fashion industry or something where it's handmade or stitched or anything along those lines would be a, a selling factor for the eco-friendly or conscious buyer is that something you guys have talked about in thrown around um i mean we've definitely discussed it to try to find a call out i mean we're always looking for that really important call out um mm -hmm. we haven't really come across the eco you know eco-friendly um categories or anything like that but i know you know it's definitely something that when people are launching new products they're looking into um you know obviously across you know all of our riverbank clients whether it be vegan or you know, right. some type of call out that's, you know, really going with um, with where the country is going. Right. Health conscious and all these things is very important. So uh, those those are only things that are going to help you as a seller. Right. Are you uh, selling internationally, by the way? Are, are you guys only focused in the U.S. market on Amazon? We're, we're mainly U.S. based. OK. U.S. focused. Yeah. OK. So is that is that something where what's the conversation like for you as a company that that move whether it be Riverbend or uh, your your um, your brand moving into an international entity, have you guys have those discussions? Or is there like forthcoming opportunities that you think you're going to take advantage of, or you really just want to hone in on the U.S. market, just maybe diversify in other retail stores or uh, marketplaces within the U.S. ecosystem? So, I mean, we. We, we're definitely it definitely comes up a lot um and i'm sure this comes up with a lot of amazon sellers right if you feel that you really haven't maximized in the us yet like you said whether it be um on the us marketplace with with amazon or with walmart or with ebay or with any other uh you know marketplace uh, or retail itself which you know we also we also do get into retail stores then you know you have to have enough bandwidth and you have to have enough people to help to try to get into you know the, the international market so we've just decided to you know to kind of keep it here for now um there are a lot of challenges but i know there are a lot of companies that help with those challenges uh to to do more business internationally so i guess when the time is right we'll we'll attack it but um for us right now we're excited about our retail placement that we've gotten um and then some of the other marketplaces in the u.s that have really come on strong that's amazing i know some people are always looking for a sign of when it's going to be the right time to do that and i don't know what it looks like but i have this like always epiphany of people are going to say they wake up in the middle of the night and write it down they're like now's the time or something it's going to lightning strike them and and they'll like i don't know if that that's definitely not real life but i like to i like to fictionalize it and think people are like something feels right where we should really look into this opportunity but i, I guess with this regards kind of the last couple of minutes i have with you here joe is what's going to be like, what's the next year, couple of years look like for you? Like what's that vision of both being brand manager or brand owner and growth factor on the business side, but then also as a service, what are, what's kind of that projection and what do you want to see happen in the next couple of years? So, I mean, uh, I, I definitely want to speak about Riverbend first. It's very Is exciting. It? Yeah. It, it's a very exciting, uh, you know, business for us and it, there's a lot of growth I mean, we've uh, really been able to add a lot of great people, like I said, over the last few years and great clients. Um, and just the, the market itself is just so exciting. You know, you meet a ton of different partners such as, you know, ping pong. And there's so many different, um, you know, service providers that are out there. And the beautiful thing of it all is that everyone like wants to work together, which is such an amazing thing. I mean, in my old industries, like it was very cutthroat. Um, you know, if you think about it, like if I was trying to sell a retailer and my competitor was trying to sell a retailer, we were like going at each other's throats, right, to try to get a program. Here, it's very different. Uh, it's And it's it's great because 
everyone's really trying to help each other. Uh, and there's, it, there's more than enough to go around, right? There's so many Amazon sellers, so much need for different services. And there's so many different pockets and different groups of people that need different things, whether they be resellers or private label sellers um, or brands themselves trying to launch, right? There's all these different uh, you know, profiles of customers. Um, and the service providers out there are just amazing. So uh, I'm very excited about it. I think we have, um, we're, we're positioned well. We're going to keep, you know, uh, learning more and adding better people as we go. Uh, and then just Leslie and I are always looking to see what other services that we can kind of bring in house uh, to help our client base. So to me, that's where that's that's what keeps me excited uh, and really looking forward to see how the next two, three, four, five years uh, play out uh, for Amazon sellers and just Amazon ecosystem in general. So I guess in the final one, Joe, like, I mean, that all sounds amazing to me and, and, I, and I can't wait to see the growth. Like I've only heard, I mean, you guys have helped out a client I know of ping pongs and I know that they're super appreciative of like, obviously the, the, the uh, services you guys provide too. So that was just amazing in that regards. Um, I guess you're my, I guess I want to ask a final tip. So under the guise of like driving sales and converting traffic on Amazon, I know we covered a lot today. Mm -hmm. If I'm a listener to this and I say, Joe, you've been in the industry six or seven years. What what is the one thing I really should focus on in terms of that topic that I really should make uh, that main focus for my business? So it's something that I that I talk to my team a lot about, um, and it really comes down to this: if you have these plans to launch a product or build a brand, um, you have to really make sure you check off all the boxes, right? You have to make sure that A to Z you are covered whether it be from the start, right, of the design of the product, the packaging of the product, all those things need to be locked down. You can't be shipping in a product that's much bigger or bulkier than your competition because you're going to get killed with fees and you won't be competitive. Your supply chain has to be locked down. They have to be willing, your, your suppliers have to be willing to make smaller minimums up front to make sure that you can start a few more listings to see what hits, right? That's a very important thing. And then further down the road, when you're ready to really take that next step with your product or your brand, you need to have the inventory to do it. So that's why there's a very thin line of having too much inventory or not having enough inventory. At the end of the day, I tell my guys all the time, you can't sell what you don't have. You can't rank a product to the top of the page if you don't have the inventory to support it. So planning, inventory management, forecasting, super important. Now that Amazon opened up the floodgates a little bit with the, with the storage limits, which it was very difficult for the last 18 months, now it seems like they're a little bit more open to you, you know, sending more product in. And as long as your product's moving, make sure that you have enough to carry you through six months, eight months, four months, whatever your lead time is for your product. Don't run short. Because if you do, someone's going to swoop into your spot and take your spot. Right. So, keep keep it, keep a good eye on that and keep replenishing as you can. So that, that's really great uh, tips. Joe, if people want to get in touch with you, um, if, whether it be yourself and just pick your brain on the seller side, or if, Hey, they have an issue or something that comes up on the, um, the compliance side and they need Riverbend's help. What's the best way that people can do that? Uh, just to email me, Joe, J O E at riverbendconsulting.com. Um, or they can just go to the website and, uh, you know, they can fill out a form, but uh, we're, our team is super responsive and you'd be surprised. There's tons of people on our team that know more than I do. So <laughs> a lot more. It's hard, so, it's hard to imagine that, but uh, no, I, I know there's so many people that they're just living in the weeds every day, single day and they see the good, the bad, and the ugly and a lot of ugly, but uh, your team has come out and helped a lot of people. I know that for a fact. So I have that link down below riverbendconsulting.com. Everyone check it out. Make sure you let them know that either Crossover Commerce or Ryan Kramer and Ping Pong Payments sent them over to you guys and let them know who sent you. So, But Joe, thank you so much again for hopping on Crossover Commerce. It's a pleasure to talk with such a, a, a mind like yours. And you're going to be at Prosper, correct? Is that, is that, is that a fact? Yes. We're, we're marking that down as someone we can see walking around the, the floor. Fact, I'll be there. And we have a uh, we have working uh, the booth, right? Working the booth. We have five or six people from our company there. So definitely come by and see us. Uh, orange and blue is that color. So you'll see our big booth there. Right. You guys redesigned. I think you got a new, brand new booth recently, right? Is that, is that true? Yeah, yeah, or did, did I make that up? 
Yeah, yeah, no, we had a new booth uh, last year and uh, we had like a 20 by 10. So we needed more space mm. so people can come and tell us their problems because that's what we want to hear. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I wasn't ma I wasn't making that up. I thought for a fact that you guys had a new booth. So the weird things that stick in my mind all the time. It's a you mystery gotta to me. You got to come see me this show, man. I got I to gotta be there. Problem. That's why uh, that's, yeah, I was, I was joking. I said the rumors are true with everyone. I'm I'm not a myth. I I do exist. I I will be at this at at this conference in person. So we will definitely be meeting up there for sure. But hey, thank you so much. I call everyone who makes it through a show a friend of the show. So you're more than welcome to come on anytime and and chat uh, insights and uh, tips, tricks, anything you got um, up your sleeve or just things you saw. We'd love to have you back on, Joe. So thank you so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce. Thank you, Ryan. My pleasure. Awesome. And then thank you again, Joe uh, Zalta of Riverbend Consulting. You can go ahead and check out his link on LinkedIn. Again, you can email him. We we already said that Joe at riverbendconsulting.com. And you can check out all the social links below in the uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter um, places where you're watching this right now or in the show notes when you listen to this on audio version. Thank you so much, Joe. We have a packed lineup this week, everyone. On top of all of our other great people that we've had on the show, this week is packed with Tomorrow, we're going to be having Nathan Hirsch of e-commerce bookkeeping uh, with Ecom Balance, the third business that Nathan has launched in the Amazon services space. So I'm really excited to have him on. And then later this week, we have Matt Steinbrecher of Reach talking about all about e-commerce payments. Of course, that's something that we know very well here at Ping Pong. And of course, rounding out the week on how to test with uh, a purpose using audience creative and copy structures all on the podcast this week so you want to make sure you subscribe to our channels and follow us on social media or follow myself when we go live on these channels to make sure that you get all the insights that these experts have and of course like joe said come see us over at prosper show where we'll be there march 14th through 16th that's where prosper show happens we're at booth 532 actually not too far from the river bend booth we're one row away i think last time i looked we're nestled right between the gimba and I want to say it's the Gimba and the Payability booths as well as across from Thrasio. So if you're looking for any of those businesses, we're going to be right there as well. Just come by and say hi. I'll be there in person having a lot of exciting things going on at the ping pong booth. That being said, I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. As you guys always know, it's a pleasure and always we'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care. Mm -hmm.